Welcome to Paul Mort Talk Shit. Curious fellow, but I like him. Paul Mort Talk Shit. Paul Mort Talk Shit. Paul Mort Talk Shit. He's a shady character. What's his name? Hi, it's Rob Moore here, and we're in the studio, and I'm with Paul Mort. So, um, Paul Mort has a podcast called Paul Mort Talks Shit. <laughs> so that's why on this title we've put Rob Moore Talks Shit, except it sounds like you do all the shit talking. It does, dude, I'll do all the shit talking. Yeah, I'll do all that shit talking, I'm excited. Well, I Very want to excited. say thanks a lot for coming down. Me and my pleasure. Um, you must be, what, four or five hour trip for you? No, it's only three now. Oh, in the train, okay, yeah. train, isn't it? Yeah. That Alan and your game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so this is your this is your gig. I know we're in my studio, but this is your show. It is super weird. I'm excited to have Rob on. So if you guys don't know who I am, I am um, Paul Mort. I work with this heli there. And this is distracting the shit. And my ATD is going, hip shit. Um, my name is Paul Mort. I, uh, I work with married businessmen who um, need to get their shit together. And it's a career that I've um, stumped. I feel like I'm getting interviewed now. It's weird. I feel it's a career that I stumbled upon. I've, in 2014, I ran a successful supplement company, lived in Marbella, um, sniffed a lot of coke, did a lot of booze, and ended up getting diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Um, managed to turn my life around, lost five stone, came off the meds, um, and essentially a lot of other men asked me how I did it, and we ended up writing a book, launching a podcast, and building a very successful business. So yeah, that's um, that's me. And I wanted to get Rob on because. I think Rob is an example of... I haven't snorted a lot of coke and done... All not yet, not yet, not yet. His wife just said he's got to be back for five, so the, <laughs> yeah. the invite's the invite's over. So yeah, I wanted to get Rob on because um, the guys that I work with, and the girls, we've, we've actually started... I've almost been forced into coaching girls now as well because um, so many women are... Hit, Paul, can I join your program? Can I join your program? So that's start a separate thing. Um, but Rob... Um, for me, mate, you're you're a guy that um that is modern businessman. Actually, I don't know. Why I keep saying that modern business, modern. I'm a modern man. I'm like I've never been an old fashioned man. But Rob's an example of a man who is um takes care of himself. Um, marriage is on fire. Dad and has a successful business, and that is very a very difficult balance to achieve, right? Let's just dive in on that. Yeah, is that a question? I don't know. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't know, but it's it's a um, it's a it's a challenging thing for a lot of men, right? That that staying in shape, looking after your body, getting your relationship up point, running a successful business. I mean, that's a lot of pressure. Mm. That's a lot of pressure. And I'm sure at some point you felt that before, right? Yeah, I think um, in your life you will probably fix, sort out, or master what's most important to you, what you value, what you focus on, mm. and then the minute you take your eye off your children your marriage, your business, your health, then they will start to decay. So um, I, I definitely don't want to sit here and say I am the perfect business person, the perfect husband. I mean, if you have my wife here, it'd be a bit, a bit different. Um, but I believe um, one, one of the universal laws is everything will decay into chaos unless it is focused on yeah. and order is created from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so everything yeah, yeah. oscillates from order to chaos. Yeah. So um, guys at the back, sorry, I can hear you. Um, so I've got ADHD as well. By the way, it's yeah. Mark. For you guys listening that know who, who producer Mark is, he's at the back and he's talking shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what you focus on 
and create order in, you mm. get some level of control and mastery and results and success in your life. Yes. And then what you don't focus on or you ignore in the end will descend into chaos. Yes. So if you're an entrepreneur, if you all in on your business, you might create some order and success there. But if you don't attend to your children yeah, and your marriage, that was there me. will be chaos yeah, that was in, me. in that area. They won't yeah. just stay the same. You can't mm. just not look at them. Yeah. I think there are actually seven main areas of your business. I think you've got your your health, you know, your kind of wealth or your vocation, your spirituality, your happiness, your family, your social. Um, and, and you can, I think, master those seven areas of your life. It's just a question of, do you want to be the person, the guy in this instance, who's got quite, a, quite an equally balanced seven areas? Yes. Well, you'll be pretty okay at all of those. Yes. Or do you want to be Elon Musk? who's an ultimate, an ultra billionaire, but probably his relationships haven't been very good. Or Steve Jobs, ultra billionaire, but his health got yes. really affected. Yes. But that, that all comes back down to what is most important to you. What are your highest values? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, you've worked with John, John yeah, D. Martini, yeah, yeah. right? He's one of my... Um, Dude, how he, amazing is he? I know, I've learned the, the most from him. Um, out of probably anyone I've learned from. Really? Yeah, yeah, he's great. That's, that was one of my questions, actually. But you, I heard you mention values and I did his... I did the breakthrough experience. Yeah. Actually, it was the last time. So we're talking about process, John yeah. Martini, by the way. Dr. John Martini, what a fucking guy. Do you mm. know what, right? When I first seen him on The Secret and that, I was like, who's this guy with the weird hair? Because he's like a dog, isn't he? I was telling him, I said, John, you look like a dog. <laughs> Does look like a dog. <laughs> Do you know them dogs with like, where you can't see their eyes because we've got all that hair? I'm like, John, like, John looks like a dog. But when I, I went... He's not watching. Well, I hope he is. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll get him on so he can dispute the fact that he looks like a dog. But honestly, I, I was blown away by him. And do you know what I was most blown away by? I was blown away by how smart he was, but also his sense of humour. He was hilarious. Mm. And I love a guy that's got a sense of humour and that. So coming back to that, how long have you been, how long have you been learning from him from? Uh, so I've been into personal development probably for 15 years. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of a funny journey because... Um, probably before 2005, I was the, the typical glass half empty kind of guy. Really? I'm really unlucky. I'm a victim. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's successful. Dude, and I couldn't even imagine that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you wouldn't have, you didn't know me back nah, then. No, I didn't. So, um, I was also really overweight. Um, <laughs> and, and I, like anyone was who was successful, I either disliked or I figured they'd screwed someone over. If yes. they had a Ferrari, there must have been a drug yeah, dealer. You know, yeah. everything to me was, glass half empty or I was a victim or I was unlucky or they had good parenting or someone gave them a load of money yes. and, and I was doomed. And then I started doing personal development. And it was re really weird because um, a flatmate of mine had to rent out my first house, a room in the house. It was really small, but I started to rent out one of the rooms because yeah. I couldn't afford to pay the mortgage yeah. myself. Yeah, yeah. And he was moving out. He'd lived with me for three years and, and it was his time to move out. He'd got a girlfriend and he was clearing out all the CDs and the stuff from under his bed. And he gave me a box of CDs and he was like, Rob, do you want these? And I thought he was a singer-songwriter. You know, you have like Jack Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And this guy was called Tony Robbins. And I thought it was a set of singer-songwriter CDs. Oh, shit. So I just thought, oh, I'll stick this on because I like music yeah, when yeah, I was doing yeah, my yeah. art back in the day. Yeah. And there's this massive, gregarious American who at first, obviously, I thought, what, who is this guy? What, what sort of shit Dude, is he what a guy. How can what anybody be guy. that positive? There must be something <laughs> wrong with him. And then I got really into it. Yeah. And then I flipped into Mr. Mr. Happy Clappy Positive. Mm -hmm. And, and probably about a year into being happy, clappy, positive, I realised actually a lot of the happy, clappy, positive people are often some of the most unhappy. Oh, you know, like yeah. a lot of the comedians, the, the comedy is making up for the yeah, sadness and depression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd gone from all negative yeah. to all positive and I actually realised on my own journey, either, either one of those polar extremes is not the answer. 
And, and you're looking for the answer. Still agree one million percent. And then John, yeah. John De Martini was the first guy that taught me, well, actually, any polar opposite is um, the furthest distance away from balance. Yes. And an ultimate, whether you want to call it happiness, contentment, fulfilment, whatever, yeah. is in this yeah, elegant yeah. balance between yeah. the two extremes. Yeah. And he talks about the delusion and positive thinking. Yeah. Right? I yeah, love yeah. that. That was a, When I heard him say that, I was like, wow, that explains a lot. Because yeah. his whole thing was, and what I see is that people that buy into positive thinking, which let's face it, we kind of do, when they're not feeling positive, then they'll automatically think there must be something fucking wrong with me. Mm. I'm broken. Mm. Yeah, I love that. So Robbins, Robbins is a funny thing because I remember I must have been about, it wasn't 2005, it was probably around about, maybe a little before that was the Get the Edge thing. Remember the mm. Get the Edge thing? And I've seen him on- That was Get the Edge and Personal Power. These is that the one, was it? So you know, like eight or nine CDs with yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, that's amazing. Yeah. And I got it off QVC. I remember right. that big advert that they used to do on QVC yeah. and I had him on. I was like, this guy's a giant mm. for a start. He's taller yeah. than you, isn't he? Yeah. He's taller than you. <laughs> Rob's a taller than small. Dude, I look like your son. Yeah, look how small I am, man. Wow. Um, I'm currently the tallest dwarf in Peterborough. But this this Tony Robbins thing, I remember it. I, I, I used to put it in a CD Walkman. Is that what you were yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. CD Just Walkman. Yeah. And I remember I'd be walking along going, all I need is yeah. within me. But that... Every day, in every Everywhere. way, I'm getting more and more powerful. <laughs> and be, yes. And when you're doing these little things with your yeah, fingers, ah, yeah, yeah. oh, bro, knuckles anchoring, looking at people in the street all the time, smiling at them because you were you were told to look at people and smile. Yeah, amazing, yeah, yeah. amazing. So that was your first venture into personal development. What got you into John, John D. Martini? Then? I don't know. It must have been something that I unconsciously was looking for. Yeah. In my own journey, I realised either extreme was unhealthy for me, but yes. you had to kind of go to each, each extreme. Well, dude, I'd been diagnosed yeah. bipolar. Yeah. So me learning this this year was like, holy shit. And I'd already turned my life around a lot, but that was like, holy shit. Mm. And the thing, one of the other thing that I loved that you mentioned as well, and we're going right back to the start here about balance, doing that values factor thing and discovering that actually it's okay to value business, work, and for me, it was actually about being the center of attention. So I discovered my highest value is standing on the stage, performing. And I was actually, and, and that was the first time that I realized actually it's okay to want to do that. So did you, you've done the values factor thing, mm. right? The values test. What was the biggest thing that you got from that? So my highest value when I did it was growth and progress. Yeah. It's changed because I'm 41 now and I was probably 31 back then. Yeah. But I realized that um, anytime I achieved something or moved forward or felt like I was growing, even if it's just listening to podcasts and audiobooks, I'd get this really fulfilled, deep-rooted sense of happiness. Yes. Conversely, if I did something and I felt like I was going backwards yes. or I was losing compared to someone else, I'd feel really empty and lost and frustrated. Yes. Um, so that was my highest value. And yeah. then probably business and money was second. Yeah. Um, and and I, I wrote a book called Money, which did really well. Yeah. Uh, and I say to people that there's nothing wrong with having money high on your values. Because, you know, when, if you ever ask anyone, what are your values? Uh, and without thinking it, they, they, they put shoulds on their values rather yes. than what they actually are. Yes. So, for example, if you've got a family dynamic. Yeah. So you've got, you know, a husband, a wife mm -hmm. and two children. Um, if, if family was highest on all four of their values, then there would be no income stream in the family. That was a big mind blow. Because the whole family is focusing on family. Yes. It's not that family isn't important. Yes. It's just what's most important. Yes. 
So I think there's certainly I've seen a lot of guilt with men feeling like, oh, okay, society or my partner yeah. or people say, oh, you know, family and health and this and that should mm-hmm. be top. Mm-hmm. When in reality, um, growth and progress and, and business and money for many is it's changed now. Family has moved up for me now yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because there was a void in it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I felt quite a lot of guilt in that for quite a few years because I felt like it should have been something else. That was me as well, yeah. But, um, if, you know, if it weren't for my role in the family, my, my kids wouldn't be able to go to private school. Yes. You know, my, my wife wouldn't be able to not work and yes. all these things. So I just actually realised that was my role in our family dynamic. Yeah. Another thing, you know when people say, oh, it's really weird how my kids are so different. No, it's not. It's really normal how your kids are so different. Because if your kids were the same, yeah. you wouldn't have a balanced family dynamic. You need your kids to be different to have a balanced family dynamic. Exactly. Dude, so. that's ins- and me and my wife are totally different as well. Is that what you're like with your yeah, wife? Yeah, yeah. It's- yeah, she's grounded. She's sort of quite sceptical. Yeah. She thinks of downside risk. She takes her time. Dude, she's does that patient. help? Does that downside risk help you? Yeah, well, I think... Maybe in my earlier years, when I was more naive of this, I used to find that frustrating. I used to feel like it helped. Why you not? Why you not support yeah, me? Why you not? She is. She's just being herself. Yes. Um, but um, and I suppose you know when you expect someone else to be more like you, that's when you can probably never really love them for who they are. Uh, do you know what I wish I had right now? This is what we're going to get on our podcast. Do you know? Do you ever listen to Tim Westwood? Remember him, that DJ? Yeah, I do. I don't listen to him. But well, so Tim Westwood on his show, he has this button that he presses, and a bomb sound goes off. I feel like I should have one of those buttons right now. Because that's a bomb, that. Like, expecting other people to be like you. Mm. Well, I think this is what everyone does. I believe everybody, when they're in business partnerships, relationships, they're selling, interacting with people, no one knows it. But everyone is trying to change everyone to be more like them. Mm. I think you should do this. I think you should do that. I think you should think this. I think you should go there. I think you should listen to these podcasts. Ultimately, I'm not doing that because I'm thinking about you. I'm doing that because I'm essentially trying to get you to agree with me or to change you to be more like me. Mm-hmm. You can only properly fall in love with someone when you accept them for who they are instead of trying to change them into who you want to become. Because yeah. no one will become who you want them to become. Yeah. And the more you want someone to become who you want them to become, the bigger the gap between delusion and reality, therefore, the more unhappy you are. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. And this, look. I'm getting free coaching here. <laughs> By the way, what Rob's dropping here, like, is insane level knowledge that for both my audience and your audience, I may not have ever even considered before. It's just, it's, and it's yeah. huge. Yeah, yeah, it is. Like, it's huge. It that, like, I get people saying, um, this person is trying to control me. And I'm like, well, what do you want them to do? And then they actually get a realization that actually they're trying to control them. Mm. And then the thing that one thing that we talk about quite a lot, guys in my program, they're trying to get a handle on some level of boozing or some level of self-soothing thing. Mm. And they're like, they say to me, um, like, all my friends try and force me to booze. I'm like, they, you, I think a lot of men will drink with their friends because they want to fit in. Mm. But then they're going crazy because all their friends are trying to um, get them to drink. I'm like, well, they just want to fit in with you. Mm. So it's a really weird dynamic, that, isn't it? Mm. I had to to, um, distance myself from all those friends in 2006, five and six. And it wasn't that I didn't like them. It wasn't that I thought I was superior to them. That's none of that. But, you know, they were used to me drinking with them Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. And of course, anyone who drinks a lot, what do they want everyone else to do? Drink a lot with them because yes. then that makes them feel comfortable yes. that they're doing the right thing. Anyone who doesn't want to drink, does that mean that they're drinking too much? Or anyone that wants to go and set up their business and stop drinking so they can be an entrepreneur, does that mean I have to look at myself and go, holy shit, I've sold out all my dreams? Yeah. 
And I, I literally within a week of saying to my mates, I'm not coming out this weekend because, you know, I'm, I'm starting a new thing. Yeah. They'd come and bang on my window at like nine o'clock at night, all pissed, trying to get me out. And I'd have to pretend I wasn't in. Really? Because Yeah, because I found it really difficult. Yeah. Um, but me changing was difficult for them. And, and this is something I, I know we're just sort of going on random tangents, but I think it's really important. It's a Paul Moore talk shit show. It's what we do. We talk shit. Rob Moore is talking shit on Paul Moore's talk shit show. I love it. um, Mate, this is such an important subject as well, boozing for entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah. So I have um, have a property company. It's the biggest training company for property in the UK. It's called Progressive Property. Mm -hmm. And and, a lot of people want to be property investors. And of course, I have my Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast. I have a load of entrepreneurs that follow me. Mm -hmm. So I have all these people, tens of thousands of people that um, have quit their job, you know, thanks to, or in part thanks to, following my work. And then within two months, they say, oh, you know, my friends and family have turned on me mm-hmm. and, oh, you know, they're all negative and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I want to just flip that on its head. Yeah. I know for a fact, and it's, uh, I'm, it's a bit embarrassing to say it, but I'm going to be honest. When I was listening to Tony Robbins CDs, for two months, I must have been the biggest dick to be around. <laughs> the biggest dick. Going around you're preaching. preaching oh, dude. Positive. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Uh, you got, when, when you change your own life and you get these epiphanies, you get so excited about it. You, you want everybody preaching. else. Yes. And you have to be careful. And I, I started preaching, but what the fuck did I know? Having yeah. done it for six weeks and listening to a set of CDs. Yeah. So if you change and, you know, you quit your job and you start earning extra income, you know, they say, don't they, you know, people with a little bit of knowledge are very dangerous yeah. because a little bit of knowledge can cause a lot of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, people who've recently got into personal development or recently set up their own business, <laughs> we can be quite annoying. Yes. And, and we can't we we can't see what we're doing. In the MLM the crowd, the yeah, network marketing exactly. crowd are renowned for and it, right? I, I, so I think, we, so again, looking at the, the wisdom of balance would be, um, you're empowering your own change. Yes. But try and be respectful that other people maybe feel a bit funny about change. Try not to to preach mm-hmm. or or to condescend. Mm-hmm. You know, like if, if you get into a, de- a debate or an argument on Facebook with a vegan or a spiritualist, <laughs> you know, sometimes the spirit spiritualists are the most grumpy, unspiritualist people I've ever met in my life. Because yeah. you know, you talk about materialism, and they fucking have this massive go at you, and yeah. they rant at you, and yeah, 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 and then yeah, they block yeah, yeah, yeah. you. <laughs> And, and it's like, wait a minute. So, um, you know what's interesting about that? I think it's because when we start giving advice to people that haven't asked for it, yes, they well, feel like they're under attack. They feel like they're under attack. They're like, just, there's nothing wrong with me. What's wrong with me? Yeah. Why are you saying that? Yeah, it's a big deal as well. And, and, and often with um, criticism, it's like if you if you get it from friends and family, I'm like, oh, stop being so negative. But mm. you might care about me. You mm. might think, what's Rob doing? Oh, I don't want him to get stuck in some MLM campaign, or he's giving up this good job to get into property. I'm worried about him. I want to check he's all right. Is yeah. he all right? Yeah. And you're not actually resisting me and yeah. giving me negative. You're not being negative. Yeah. You care about me. Yes. And often friends and family care about you. Yes. Because you want to be all positive and, you know, you can't. It, what gets my go is when someone gives them a bit of criticism and, ah, oh, fucking hater. Fuck the haters. Yeah. It's just a fucking hater. Oh, hater, hater, hater. Yeah, toxic. Hater, toxic. Hater, hater. Toxic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, when, hey, look, if you can't take a little bit of criticism... Maybe you're not ready for the game you're stepping into. So this is like looking at it from both sides. Because yeah. obviously, the obvious thing you and I could talk about is being positive and yeah. dealing with critics yeah. and you know putting yourself out there and yeah. building your personal brand yeah. and you know being clear on who you are and speaking with authority <laughs> and not worrying about all me questions of all yeah. me questions are yeah. fuck now yeah. by the way. <laughs> but but there's another side to it that I think. So I guess what I probably learned the most from 
John Demartini is that wisdom is being able to see things from both t- sides simultaneously. Yeah, yeah, both sides of the coin. Yeah. yeah. So let's say, for example, you get excited about something. Wisdom is in that excitement, you can also see the downside risk yes. and what could go wrong. Yes. You, you, you feel very scared and worried about something. Yeah. Wisdom is being able to see and the you know, upside. I love this because sometimes other people might have to show you the other side of the coin, right? Ooh. Like your wife might show the other side of the coin. My wife certainly does this when I did when I spoke. I think, to you. I think the purpose of a wife is to humiliate a man back into balance. <laughs> yeah, pull his because pants who, down. Who, who pull his pants down. Who can humiliate you more than your wife? Fool. No one. Dude, that's amazing. No one can. Yeah. Well, imagine when I'm talking about the Tyson Fury thing that I was talking to you about. Imagine my wife on the day she was like, "Is he even going to turn up? Do you even know this guy? Who you're giving the money to?" Yeah. I was like, "I've got his address." Yeah. I said, "I know where he lives." So you know, Joe. Oh yeah, dude. And she just. Again, they, they, these people, you've got to think about them. Are they haters? No. Or are they just keeping your feet on the ground and making yeah. sure you don't make a stupid decision? Yeah. Oh, and I think I'm also of the opinion, and I learned this from, um, I did this thing called the nine-day school for the work with Byron Katie. She's a fucking mm. phenomenal woman. Yeah. And I, what I learned from her is that she, that, that I don't think there's any such thing as negative people, only negative thoughts about people. So I'm like, if I think you're negative, like, what does that make me? Mm. I'm having a negative thought about something that you're saying because essentially people just make shapes with their mouth, noise comes out, and then we attach meaning to that, right? It's the same online. Like, There might be someone talking shit about us right now live, which would be amazing. Mm. Imagine that. Mm. Dude, have you ever done a podcast? I think you should do this if you haven't already. A podcast where you read out what people have said about you online. Oh, yeah, we do. Have you done that? So um, someone once said... Where can I find that? Someone once said... Let me try and get this word for word perfect. <laughs> um, Rob Moore is what's known as a dick rider. <laughs> dick riding is not an official sport. Though were dick riding an official sport, Rob Moore would surely hop on for a ride. Wow. Uh, that's, that was pretty good. That's, that guy's yeah. a wordsmith. Yeah, he is. He's a poet. <laughs> I mean, some of, my, some of my haters are very creative. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it? It's interesting. And again, the, the, the actually, I'm like, they give me, they give me Greek. Licker. I didn't even know what that was. What was it? Someone called me one, a bitch licker. A bitch licker. You, you've never been called one. No. You need to up your game. I'll tell you what it is, if there's a job going for that, I mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, anyone's, if anyone's applying for a bitch licker, by the way, if anyone's looking for one, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'll take a pay cut and everything. So let's go yeah. back to the boozing thing, because again, it's something that I deal with a lot from guys that want to get a handle on it. What was your, what's your whole approach now? Like, are you, are you drinking now? Have you got a handle on it? What do you do to stay off it? Are you teetotal? Are you? Mm. Um, Harry, can you put some of the comments up? That'd be fun. It's just been a couple on there that I saw. Yeah, that yeah, I thought, just, you know just, what? Just it's... Ping them all up. And, um, so I probably drink one drink per year, maybe. Maybe really? two. Yeah. So, you, so I suppose technically I'm not teetotal. Depends how you, yeah, yeah, you define yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. Um, if I had one drink, I'd be like pissed for about 45 minutes, yeah. and I get a lot of ben- I get a lot of value out of one drink. About <laughs> <laughs> like, everybody else does brilliant. as well, yeah, right? Yeah. So yeah. I feel really like merry for about 45 minutes an hour, and then I just feel normal again. Yeah, if yeah, I had yeah. two, it starts to sting my face a bit. I don't have a good reaction. Oh, to really? Alcohol. Yeah. I wish I had um, that as well. So. Um, yeah, so I'll have one, maybe two drinks in a year on a very special yeah, occasion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I get loads of benefit from that. Yeah. I used to drink loads from maybe age 14 mm-hmm. to maybe age 25. Mm-hmm. And that was just, I was just a very social guy. That was yeah. every, everything was around drinking. I went yeah. to uni and drunk loads. Yeah. 
Um, and then when we started Progressive, yeah. um, I just, as I got older, my hangovers got longer. Um, <laughs> and and like if I had a, a proper weekend of it, Thursday, yeah. Friday, Saturday, yeah. um, or, or even missed a day out, yeah. I wouldn't feel probably normal again till Wednesday morning. Mm. So Monday and Tuesday, you know, when it's your own business and you want to put in a shift to get it you going, yeah. you, you can't. And you find yourself being a bit edgy with people. Yeah. Um, you find yourself just... Um, you know, being a bit slow, yeah. your, your brain's just a bit foggy. Yes. Um, and I just made a decision. I just thought business is more important to me than drinking. Was there anything in particular? Or was it just a gradual, do you know yeah, what? It's probably gradual because actually um, when I met my business partner, we set up our company for a good six to nine months, maybe even a year. We were going out every weekend and really like building a good friendship as well as a business partnership. Yes. And the year where we both worked in a company, we were going out a lot. Yeah. But I, I, I suppose once our friendship was formed, he, he had a girlfriend, I had a girlfriend, you know, we were really serious about our company. Yeah. I, I just made the decision, now I'm out. Uh, I'm, I, I just, I, I value business. I think what you value more, you'll end up focusing on. So yes. I value business and entrepreneurship and progress yeah. more yeah. than drinking. I actually shot a video on this that way I put out yesterday saying that because I get asked about this, this bad habits thing all the time. I'm like, one thing you've got to have is, probably the biggest thing, if you've just got to find something that you give, you set value at, I'm going to say you give more of a fuck about mm. than being yeah. drunk. So, you know, a lot of people say, don't they? Because I'm an addictive personality and I mean, I, yeah. I can get addicted to air. I can get addicted to anything. Yeah. Better not put a, a mask on. I get addicted to that, <laughs> licking it or something. Just like get addicted to No, no, you lick like that when you're not licking yeah. the bitches. Yeah, when exactly. he's not licking the bitches, he's licking his mask. <laughs> <laughs> I can get addicted to anything. Yeah. Um, so... And they say, don't they, with addictions often, Europe, it's good to replace it with something else. That's what I said so, as well, dude. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't come off alcohol kind of cold turkey. Yeah. Um, I, the, the, that particular friendship circle was drifting, and that yeah. was fine. I never fell out with any of them. I'm still actually make good mates with a couple of them. Yes. It's a big myth. Oh, you've got to fuck off your old mates. I anyone, agree. anyone who holds you back, you've got to fuck them off. Dude, I agree 100%. You don't have to do yeah. that. That's not how you treat people. Yeah. But it was clear that their ship was still on this direction and mine was changing direction. Yeah. And that's okay. Um, but uh, yeah, so I replaced the addiction of drinking. I mean, I don't think I was an alcoholic because I, I was the sort of guy where I, I, I didn't need, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have one drink, I wouldn't have two drinks, I wouldn't do a social drink. Yeah. I was either not out, I'm exactly, out, out. I'm exactly the so same. I don't, I don't know, maybe that makes me alcoholic, yeah. maybe not. But yeah. if, if there was no one doing anything for three weeks, yeah. I wouldn't have a drink for three weeks. Yes. But if we were going out, then I was I'll on, it, yeah, on yeah, it, yeah, on yeah, it, yeah, yeah. on it, on it. I'm the same. Um, yeah. So I replaced that with... Business. Doubling down on a business. On entrepreneurship. Yeah. But then, of course, what happens, three, five years into business and entrepreneurship, what's my new addiction? Work. Yeah. And I get. I guess a lot of the guys you coach, they're addicted yeah. to business and work. Yeah. I mean, that's so common. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. And, and I think that um, I think that often you've got the guys that are addicted to work and their only way to kind of switch off from that is a few drinks. I'm not so sure they're getting on it, on it anymore, mm. or out, out, but they're still kind of the, the, the way to deal with the stress and the pressure of running a business is to have a drink. Yeah, so I that's think, like using one addiction to kind of come off or appease another addiction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's, that was one question I wanted to ask you, actually, because it'd be interesting to see what your answer is. What's your kind of switch off relaxation thing? Like, what's your... So um, if you'd have asked me that th three or four months ago, I probably wouldn't have had an answer because I'm not very good at it. Yeah, neither am um, I. I've tried meditation 
fucking boring, takes too fucking long. <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, yeah. Uh, so um, I can do walking meditations. Maybe we'll come to that. I, yeah. That's something I tried that actually did work for me. Yeah. But did well, let's do that now. Yeah. Let's um, do that now. Yeah. So I tried lots of different types of meditation. Yeah. You know, the, um, the one where you obviously try and clear your mind, the one where you focus on, say, a candle or, or the one where you do guided meditations yes. or, or music or one-word yeah. mantras. So yes. um, Deepak Chopra's one-word or, or mantra meditations yeah. work for me. I love that as well, yeah. Um, but Joe Dispenza teaches like a walking meditation technique. Mm-hmm. So I do, I've, since the lockdown, I've been doing loads of walks. I mean, yeah. I sometimes walk up to five hours a day. And it's been Shit, really? brilliant. That's probably one thing that helps me. If Is that without your phone and that, or is it? No, no, no. I'll, um, I'll sometimes listen to music. Yeah. I'll sometimes just do these walking meditations. Yeah. I'll sometimes clear all my WhatsApp. Yeah. I'll sometimes do one-to-one calls. Yeah. So on, on a four or five hour walk, I could do all of those in, in, in one walk. Yeah. Um, so yeah, walking meditation. Um, probably, I'm probably not at advanced Joe Dispenza level where you know I'm, I'm, in, I'm in this sort of you're floating, fully you're floating, not walking. Well, I mean, they do them on the beach and stuff like that. I do them on the path. I can't get too much into meditation. I walk into the <laughs> yeah, road and yeah, kill yeah, myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. But just walking, thinking about my um, one-word mantras or my. So I, I have certain mantras like you know, wealth, success, health, strength, happiness, confidence, non-judgment, abundance, love, gratitude, and, and I say those to myself most nights before I go to sleep. Yeah. Um, uh, John Demartini's mantra that he got from one of his mentors, which I like, is "I'm a genius and I apply my." wisdom i am a genius i apply my wisdom. yes um, my therapist gate helped me with one um, i love myself i'm a good person and i am free i love myself i'm a good person and i am free yeah. the reason she gave me that is because she figured out that uh, most of the value i um, attribute to myself is to do with all my entrepreneurial accolades world records millions of pounds you know all these influencer um, tools and premium features i have biggest property training company hundreds of properties yeah. all of these things yeah and she says, Rob, take that all away. Who are you? And I've struggled with the answer to that question. And I've, I've struggled to really value myself when you take all that away. Like I, it's almost like I only value myself if I do nice, something nice for you. Yes. Um, or if I get some kind of result. Um, accolade yes. or result. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, you know, like they say, you are not your work. Yeah. Failures mistakes, achievements. You are not your. And I've struggled with that because mm. my whole identity is being an entrepreneur. That's how we've met most of my yeah. friends. That's how I've yeah, met. Dude, I've been but you don't actually same. know me behind all this entrepreneurial no, stuff. No. You might fucking hate me no, if, you know, no, no. When, you knew, when you knew who I really yeah, am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I've done is kind of quite conveniently got this nice protective wall of all these, these achievements and accolades through business, and it makes me feel very comfortable and certain I feel like I'm fucking in Back to the Future here because this is me and like I can feel it already. Yeah. I mean, this is me in a year's time. If you took all that away from me, I'd struggle as well. Mm. Like I'm almost, do you find yourself moving from kind of one high to the next? Right, I've done this, what's next? Like, I don't think well, that's a bad thing. Three but months this is... ago, yeah. So up really? Until, up until three months ago, I was definitely a workaholic. I was addicted to pretty much all social media. Yeah. Um, my personal life was a bit all over the place. Yeah. Um, my wife and I, we weren't, we, we lived in this parallel universe. Mm. It was like, we didn't really, it, like for, it was almost like, I woke up and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm I'm working loads of time in the business and building yes. the empire. Yeah, she's completely focusing on the kids. Yes. Well, what about us? Yes. And we'd kind of gone like a bit of a gap. This yes. and you know, and it wasn't like anything. So so there's that going on. Yeah. Um. There's like WhatsApp and Facebook and all these social media yeah. platforms. I, I just give a little bit of a 
a polite, friendly, non-evangelical warning to everyone. Because I don't want to get on my high horse because I've managed to do come off this. Yeah. But fucking check how addicted you are to social media. I do that screen time is fucking embarrassing. Oh, yeah. Well, um, like I would ha- literally, you know, when you're just doing something. Yeah. And then you just have to check your phone. Ah, oh, dude. And you think about your phone. Like you, yeah. Your phone in your pocket. Have you ever carried What's three up? coffees in your hand and your phone's gone off in your pocket, bro? No, that, I'm, that. I'm, I'm, I've gone from coffee and Iran, bro. I've got three coffees in my hand, so I can't obviously grab my phone. My and phone. Your brain's my, going oh, like that. I wonder who that is. I wonder what that is. I wonder yeah. if that's money. Yeah. I wonder what they're saying about me. Yeah. <laughs> it blew my mind. Yeah. yeah. So what have you been doing on this thing? Well, I mean, you know, social media is like anything. It's a double-edged sword. Yeah. It has upside and downside. Yeah. Um, but sort of. Let's take, let's say just before the lockdown. So what's that four four months ago? Uh, I had this realization that um, my wife and I are, you know, quite living two separate lives yeah. basically. Yeah. I thought she wanted me to to hustle and be successful. Yeah. She thought I wanted her to to look after the kids. When in reality, wanted we wanted a more balanced relationship, yes. but we hadn't really communicated. Yes. I'm addicted to all these social media platforms, and I'm addicted to business. Yeah. Um. And, and I've been, you know, like. That's great on the outside when people follow you for business advice. Because people follow me for business advice. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you'd have followed me for relationship advice <laughs> and life balance advice, I'd have been the worst person to follow and I'd have been mm-hmm. a fucking fraud, like plenty of frauds on social media. Yeah. But, so I didn't even know I was doing this. But yeah. if anyone asked me any relationship advice or balance advice, I'd just sort of skirt it and say, hey, it's really not my area. Yeah. Unconsciously, I guess I realised I, I, I didn't really have those areas mastered because yeah. I was all focused on... And business and entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Now, Steve, that's Steve Jobs, Elon Musk. This is what these guys do. Yes. Um, but the question is, do you want to have three divorces and you want to be dead by the time you're 48? Mm. I'm not judging these guys, by the way, because yeah. they're, they're geniuses. Yes. But I'm, I'm just saying, what's, what do you want? Yeah. And some people might want that. Yeah. And that's fine. I mean, probably in my mid-20s, 30, I wanted to be a billionaire. I'm not asked about being a billionaire anymore. I would rather have five to 10 million and a really great relationship and social circle than five billion and, and have no one around me. Yes. Because on five, you know, I, I, I sort of exceeded five million net worth and then decamillion and everything else. I know how much you need to be financially free. Yeah. I know how much you need not to ever work again. And I'm there and I don't need to work again. And yeah. I've got all the money I need. I've got a 300,000 pound Lamborghini and a Ferrari and 175,000 pound Porsche and a hundred grand Range Rover. I don't need any more cars. I don't need any more money. But it was only three months ago I actually said, I don't need any more money and I don't need to work anymore. And I actually don't need to check WhatsApp 58,000 times. And again, was there a particular thing that triggered this or was it? I think it was having therapy. I think yeah. it was actually reconnecting properly and talking to my wife yeah. properly again and yeah. us reigniting, um, knowing who each other were. Yeah. I think it was being honest about what I was addicted to. Yeah. Um, so I just went on social media one day and I said, I've retired I didn't, I mean, Harry said to me today, Rob, I hear you've retired. You never told me. You just announced it on social media. And I just thought, I'm just going to take control of this. Um, So I just woke up one day and I just said, fuck it, I'm retired. Um, So what does that mean then? What does that? No, I mean, there are 95 staff that work in this building um, and I'd be operationally involved Mm. probably about half my time in in running this training company. And and now my MD, she does all, she does it, she manages it all. And I just support her and, and we had a board meeting today. So I'll have a board meeting once a month. I'll have some strategy sessions, yeah. you know, once or twice a week. Yeah. But all decisions, all decisions, all operational decisions, um, they're on her now. Wow. So we're built, How does that feel? Um, really good. Does it? Yeah. Well, I, like, 
I've got 95 staff, so why do I need to work an extra three hours a day? Why do I need to make the decisions when we've got all these people? Yeah. I don't need to, but because if you think about it as well, I put a quote on social media, um, you know, no one will, no one will ever shine their light f- fully until um, they get out of your shadows. And me just being here meant that they're like, oh, Rob's around. Yeah. Oh, 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 Rob's yeah, around. I've not stepped foot in this building other than today yeah. and then a couple of days to pick something up. In the last sort of four months. Holy shit, so dude. My shadow is... You're walking all the time, eh? Yeah, walking wow. out where I live. Or, yeah. Um, yeah, we built a studio like this in my house. Harry was just over there. Oh, really? Today. Yeah. Now, the thing with retirement, cause a few people are like, hey, I'm Rob, retirement bollocks. Yeah. Um, you're not retired. You're fucking on social media more than ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm on social media more than ever because I'm retired. They don't get this. So for me, I've retired five times. And I know what retirement is. Retirement is not doing nothing. Because when you do nothing, it's not long after that you end up dying or doing something else. The stats are there. Well, you find another uh, addiction. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So for me, retirement is uh, doing something else. Yeah. So I've retired from, so I can do something else. Amazing. So um, I, I, I'll take my daughter and we'll go for a three-hour walk. Yeah. And we'll go into town and we'll do a couple of little Instagram reels. And I'll take her into Metro Bank. And How she'll old are uh, Six. Oh, really? And, and she'll pay a check into, uh, into the bank and, you know, we'll go and have a, a chat. Mm-hmm. Now, I hadn't spent three hours with my daughter in three months when I was working a lot. Yeah. Um, and then the next day, I'll take my son and we'll go for one or two. How old is that? Walk. He's nine. Oh, dude, you're, um, Mike, our kids are the same age and yeah. everything. So I can't, I, um, apparently Andy Collins is bored, so we, we probably need to talk more shit. Andy, if you want to put a question in, um, then, yeah, ping it in. You um, could, we can talk shit, or Andy, you can eat shit. You can always just <laughs> yeah. do the tune out, bro. Yeah. I can't even remember what the question was. Um, <laughs> it but, was about retiring. Yeah. What's retirement? So for me, it's uh, developing my personal brand. Yes. Um, uh, and having fun on social media, doing more content. Yeah. Um, it's spending more time with my family. Yeah. It's taking up all my hobbies again. Yeah. So, Talk I, me about these hobbies. Music, martial arts. Um, really? Yeah. Which yeah, martial arts? I did, I did um, Chinese kickboxing and sort of um, traditional kickboxing for a good few years. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, I had, a, had a, a couple of, um, not professional fights, yeah, but yeah, fights. Yeah, yeah, semi, yeah, yeah. What do they call them? Semi-professional. Yeah. Padded up, but yeah. going at it. Oh, shit, so uh, you're back in that? Well, I'm just literally starting again now, yeah. Wow. Yeah, but, but like when I started my company, I never thought I won't do art again and I won't do music again and I won't play the drums again. You just and I won't drift do away my from martial arts again. Yeah. But the thing with entrepreneurship is um, you can absolutely get sucked into it so that it ends up being your whole life and you don't even really realize you've just seen the suck ass yes. coming, haven't you? That's just distracting. I have. I'm like, that, Brian's definitely American. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, he's got a cowboy. Oh, oh, no, he's, he's no, he's oh. Now, I think he's talking to Andy. I don't think he's talking to uh, him. No, I'm not sure. I think Brian, it, uh, does his mum know he's got a phone? Unless I don't know. He's a, you're very young to have a phone and, te- and saying things like that. on. Um, <laughs> if I'm judging you by your profile picture. Sorry, Brian. Yeah, no, yeah. so um, <laughs> I, I think what, what, does, what does a balanced life mean? I think it means work out what's important to you. Mm-hmm. Be careful of what becomes your addictions. Yeah. Try and control things rather than them control you. Yeah. So material items can control you. You always strive to have the new one mm-hmm. or you are defined by it. Mm-hmm. Or material items can serve you, i.e. you choose to buy something nice and, and have it last and yeah. enjoy quality. Yeah. But, um, I, I mean, I made a decision when the lockdown happened. I'm not going to drive any of my supercars. I'm just going to leave them in the garage. I thought it was a bit... I mean, I, th- I had every right to drive them, yeah. my cars, but I thought it was a little bit indiscreet 
when the world is struggling to get out and drive a 300 grand Lamborghini. So I've just decided I'll just leave them in the garage for five months. I just won't drive them until Dude, it's... Dude, by the way, how the fuck are you getting a Lamborghini? Uh, I'll show you this tech... I'll show <laughs> the technique. I don't know if you can see this. But you open the... Because the doors go like that. Yeah. And basically you have to get in arse first. Like <laughs> really? Yeah, I'll show you. It's, it's the only way you can get in. That's a- I thought, you, I thought you were going to say technology, not technique. No, I no, thought you were like, oh, yeah. the technology is it pulls you in yeah, and you yeah. slide in, but you actually just did a, a squat. <laughs> so, yeah, and Matthew said here, I've struggled and beat my addiction. So good on anyone who's beat any of their addictions. I think is really fucking inspiring person. Yeah, me too. I, I get asked all the time who Rob inspires you. Well, Matthew inspires me if he's had some addictions. Yes. And then he's overcome them. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just feel like our brain is wired to, to get addicted to things. Yeah. Well, mindset. Do you think it's an entrepreneurial thing? Do you think it's more entrepreneurs than people that are entrepreneurs? Maybe a, maybe a personality type. Yeah. Also a values cluster. Um, because if you look at hyper successful people, they've just got a really extreme value in that area. And then some people, That's have, some people have got, uh, um, so, um, you might, if you look at your own values and there's like one thing you want to do and you just don't care about anything else, you'll, you'll end up being a genius in that area, but yeah. you might be tortured in the rest of your life. Yes. Whereas if you don't really value anything in an extreme way, but you've got five or six things you value and you yes. value work and yes. family and, and health and well-being fairly equally, you won't be that extreme tortured genius. You'll be more balanced, but you probably won't be the billionaire or you probably yeah, won't be the, the Mozart or whatever. Yeah, dude, that's a great point. We, we had, um, we've had loads... For some reason, I think it's because I love fighting. We've had a lot of fighters on the podcast. Mm. And I asked one guy, Davey, he, he fought. He was the first guy to fight in USC Fight Island. Broke his jaw in the first round. Not the kid in the third. Not the kid out in the third round. I said to him, "Do you think you got to be a little bit crazy to be a fighter?" And he's like, "Yeah." But that's that's a, suppose they've gone all in on that career. Yeah. And they might never make any money, ever. But they don't give a fuck because mm. the, the value that whole that whole thrill. Like, so much. It's crazy. I've got a question for you, actually. Yeah, I, got, sure. I got asked on Instagram yesterday. And I Can thought I it was such a... one thing really quickly? Yes. So Matthew said, I get in a Lamborghini like a lady. How do you get in a Lamborghini like a man? Oh, head first. Yeah, yeah head first. <laughs> because you can't... It's, first. It's, like, it's, it's this high. Yeah. So you actually can't get in with your leg. Yeah. You can't. You can't actually get in with your leg. Yeah. Um, I'm speaking from experience. I don't know. If By the way, you guys are listening. You have to well, get I have to. In with your ass first, like that. Dude, I love that. Yeah. How do you get Harry, in the Lamborghini? Can we take a camera out and actually show it or not? Uh, on your phone. This. No, all right. I just thought maybe you could do this live. Oh, you can't get in front of the thing, can you? Because there's not enough room. We'll have yeah, to. But... No, that's all right. It's all right. Um, yeah, sorry. Your question. <laughs> These comments are really difficult to stay on thread, Dude, aren't they? The, I, well, we were talking about StreamYard before. I'm mm-hmm. definitely not getting it now. No? Because I'll, oh, nah. I'd be on those all the time, especially when people start giving me shit. Yeah. I'd literally just focus on having a fucking, yeah. going after someone. Having on, a fight. Do you know like when, a, when, a, when a comedian gets heckled? Yeah. Like, I would love that shit. Yeah. I'd be all on that, yeah. Talking about people's mums and shit like that. <laughs> yeah, you forget your whole routine. Oh, dude, I, I would, I would. So the question that I got was, what do you think somebody has to, if somebody wants to be successful in business, apart from obviously business, what do you think some of the, the skills and the, what do they need to value if they want to, apart from being successful in business? What do you mm. th- I said, I think you have to be, um, one of the things that I, that I think you have to value is kind of like, maybe it's not, maybe you can give me your opinion. I'm like, you have to value a bit of risk. You have to value um, 
a bit of a like adrenaline. You have to value a bit of chaos. I think. I don't know what you think about that. Mm. I mean, you're you're probably the type of guy that thrives on a bit of chaos. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I create chaos. I like going around creating chaos. If I see anything too ordered and too normal and traditional and <laughs> slow and steady, this is exactly I what just I go in and shake it up on purpose. Yeah. Um, so. What does it take to be a successful entrepreneur? Well, the first thing is you've got to define what success is. Yeah. Um, and I don't think success should be the goal. I think success is the outcome. I think the goal should be to create a meaningful product or service mm -hmm. that adds value to people's lives, that you create fair exchange where you're grateful to pay for it and I'm grateful to create it. Yes. I get fair profit margin, otherwise yes. I'm not going to keep doing it. Yes. And you get fair value, otherwise you're not going to keep Amazing. buying it. Amazing. And people forget all these things. I think that um, you've got to have a kind of, not even just an ability to fix problems, you've almost got to have a sadistic pleasure for enduring challenge. So I'll give you, you're, you're into jiu-jitsu, did you say? I am. I got so, my blue belt. Okay. In, you guys that are watching, I got my blue belt uh, last Saturday in case you didn't know I mentioned it. Well done. I've, met, I've not stopped talking about <laughs> it since I got it. Because so, I went all in on it. My wife's yeah. gone crazy. She's like, what do you fucking talk about? <laughs> Dude, went on holiday, uh, went to Corfu, and on the way there, I watched an instructional. And when I got there, I made my wife lie on the bed. So, so I could practice this jiu-jitsu yeah. move. I, yeah, anyway, sorry. So, <laughs> like, I've, I've done martial arts for a good few years, so I get it yeah. to a certain degree. But you could be doing jiu-jitsu and, you know, you could you could be on your back yeah. and someone a lot bigger, stronger, or with better technique than you is yeah. all over you. Yeah. And you are literally, your whole body is killing trying to defend yourself. Yes. But you get sadistic pleasure out of it. Because you have to figure it out. Exactly, because you have to figure it out. So I believe entrepreneurship or running your own company is there's a part of you that will embrace and enjoy and get some kind of pleasure out of the biggest challenges. Because mm. if you don't, you'll avoid them. Yeah. So in, in an area of life that's not important to you, you will avoid the challenges. You will wish that they went away. You will wonder why it's happening to you. Yes. You will, you will just um, hide from them. You'll bury your head in the sand. But anything that's really important to you, like a, imagine a coder, a, you know, a coder will get 15 cans of Red Bull yeah. and they will code for five days straight, yeah. geeking out because yeah. they fucking love the yeah. biggest problem. Yes. I think if you've got that, not just ability to solve problems, but yeah. desire to solve challenges and problems, yes. I think you're going to be successful in what you do. Yeah. You've got to have the right business model. So Blockbuster didn't have the right business model towards the end. Kodak didn't pivot into the right business yeah. model. Toys R Us. Yeah, there you yeah. go. But you can start well. Yeah. Coca-Cola have evolved, and a lot of people criticise them, but they've evolved. They bought um, healthy um, drinks companies. They're a multi-brand multi company. So you've got to have the right business model. You've got to have fair exchange. You've got to create this environment where... You're creating profit. So mm. this is something that a lot of entrepreneurs, probably not the guys that you attract, yeah. this is big fraternity of people, coaches, therapists, consultants, trainers, brilliant at what they do, spent tens of thousands of pounds on courses and seminars, like have massive guilt around charging fees yeah. and won't charge fees. Oh, I'll just yes. do a bit of free coaching for you. I yeah. just need to get some testimonials. Personal trainers. Just need to get some clients yeah. in before and yeah. because they've got guilt. Yeah. There's, you do not have to feel guilty creating profit. Yeah. Or that I just want to help people. Yeah, think. exactly. Yeah. If people, I just want to help people is usually marketing spin. Yeah. Or there's some underlying guilt and shame there. Yeah. You know, usually. I think you need Where to... Where do you think that comes from? I think it can come from how you were raised. Yeah. You know, so... Um, 
maybe you were raised that, you know, um, capitalism was bad, making money was bad. Yeah. A lot of people believe that if a billionaire is a billionaire, that means that um, all the money that the poor people could have had has been taken away yes. from a billionaire because they don't understand economics. And, yes. Um, you know, supply and demand. Yeah. They don't understand how money works. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, now your net worth will be linked to your self-worth. Yes. So if you don't value yourself, you won't value the fees that you put on your products and services. And if you don't value yourself, why should anyone else? So people will sense you not valuing yourself. Yes. So, yeah, if you can pick out those five or six things, that's what I think it takes. To that last one's amazing. That last one's amazing. I absolutely love that. What are some things that people could do? Because I think low self-worth is very... I see a lot. People just don't value themselves. They think they're a loser. They think they're this. What, what have you done to raise your self-worth? Can I just take this one? Kate's uh, just like this. Um, deep stuff, guys. However, Rob, I'm trying to figure out if you're wearing a backpack or not. <laughs> it's actually a pretty good one. Got a parachute in it. So this, this is an Alexander McQueen shirt. And this is just the style. So this is the signature of Alexander McQueen. I love it. So Alexander McQueen, probably one of... Obviously, this is... Um, this is subjective. Yeah. But in fashion, he's pretty well regarded as one of the best fashion designers that's ever lived. Mm-hmm. Before the age of, I think, 23, he'd worked for, he'd been basically head creative of two of the biggest fashion houses in the world. I mean, you don't even get one of those at that age. He got two. Yeah. He, he didn't really have a traditional route. He did do fashion college, but not the traditional route of education. Yeah. Um, obviously set up his own brand, Alexander McQueen. Yeah. Made the most polarizing, memorable clothing. Um, and then on the evening of his mum's funeral, when he was four years old, he hung himself. Oh, shit. Um, and I always liked McQueen. I, I like good clothes. Yeah. Um, I know that's subjective because people would argue these are not good <laughs> clothes. Um, but um, I've always liked a story in... Like the, I love the Lamborghini story, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the classic story that Ferrari basically said, well, you just make shitty tractors, really. Because yeah. it used to be a tractor company. And, and you know, that, that was supposedly one of the things that spurred him on. Yeah. Messi, Ronaldo rivalry. Yeah, really. so, um, so I love stories in things. Yeah. I, I buy stories as much as I buy, you know, what it looks like. Yeah. Um, but there's, an, there's a documentary on Alexander McQueen called McQueen. Oh, really? You I'll need to fucking watch it. Yeah. Uh, you'll go back home. You'll watch that. Yeah. And Am I watch it on the train you'll home? You'll be flawed. You'll be really? flawed. Yeah. I don't know how you can't be inspired by that. Yeah. It's a very sad story. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, take your own life at 40 years old is pretty sad. He was quite tortured. Yeah. He went through, he had quite a lot of demons in his head. Yeah. Uh, I think if you've experienced bipolar, you'll be able to relate to some of the stuff yeah. he went through. I suppose through. he's also of a high creative intellect, right? Yeah. To be at that level, you've got to have super high creative intellect. Yeah. I mean, yeah. McQueen is one of the biggest fashion brands in the world. And to, to, to make something into one of the biggest fashion brands in the world, basically in 15 years, you know, from when he, whenever he started McQueen, it would yeah. have been in his mid to late twenties to 40. Yeah. That's fucking amazing. No yeah. one does that. Yeah. Um, so that's my answer to why I wear a shirt that looks like <laughs> Well, I've had, did you see the one about the watches? <laughs> Thousand quid as well, this shirt was. Oh, really? <laughs> did, you see the one, did you see the one about the watches? No. So I often, I've been accused twice today. One of my friend, Aaron M. Chalmers, Jolly Show guy, um, and I've seen it three times on here. I'm not wearing two watches. This one is called a whoop band, tracks my recovery, tracks my heart rate variability. This one just measures my steps. So I haven't found anything that does... All of those things. So no, I'm not wearing two watches. This one doesn't even tell the fucking time. So just to answer that one. Yeah, there you go. So self-worth. Self-worth. Because okay. I think this is huge. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to say, but if someone's had a really tough upbringing or yeah. they've been 
put down by their parents or they've never really had love or acceptance in their life. This isn't necessarily easy. Um, I wrote a book called I'm Worth More. Um, and one of the reasons I wrote that book is because when I was young, I was really overweight. I was mm-hmm. the fattest kid in my year. And if you're the second fattest kid, you, you kind of get away with it because no one takes the piss out of the second <laughs> fattest kid. They take the piss out of the fattest kid. The fattest kid gets all the jokes. Yeah, yeah. And I was the fattest kid. Yeah. Mate, I fucking hated it. I hated it. I cried to my mum every weekend, but really? I wouldn't talk to my dad about it because of pride and that. Yeah. And she, I mean, they put me through boarding school for three years. I hated it. I hated it. Yeah. I hated swimming because back in those days, you had to wear those speedos. You know those fucking yeah, little body smugglers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I, you couldn't really see much other than rolls of fat <laughs> with me. Um, yeah. Showers. They made all the kids shower together and like being the fattest kid in the showers. Yeah. I hated it. Um, and also I was raised in pubs and basically me and my sister were just kind of left upstairs in the pubs. We weren't abused. My mum and dad did a great job. I love my mum and dad, but you know, they had to hustle. Um, and so, you know, often they just leave us upstairs. So I had a big part of my childhood where I didn't have love. You know, I didn't have, just didn't have it. Yeah. And so I really fucking needed it. Really needed it because I didn't have it. Yeah. And so then I spent the rest of my life searching for it. Searching for it through business, searching through it through relationships, searching through it in what I would wear to get noticed, searching through it in cars, yeah. searching through it in everything. And of course, that's an empty hole. It's like a bucket with a hole in it. It never fills. Yeah. And the only way I could ever actually fully get it was to give it to myself. So John Demartini said to me, the two things he said to me, we're in the back of a Range Rover about eight years ago. I remember it clearly, clearly. And one of the things he said to me was, and this linked back to what you said earlier, he said, Rob, I gave up give, uh, being happy many years ago, because it makes me so damn depressed. And I was like, and it, like, it pattern interrupted me, because I was like, what does he mean? Yeah. But, you know, ultimately, happiness is excitement. You know when people sound really excited? Yes. I'm like, oh, fuck, they're about to have a fall then. Because excitement is actually a one-sided view. Uh, enthusiasm is a balanced state. Excitement is a, yeah. is a one-sided yeah. uh, fantasy. Yeah. So um, uh, some of the worst things I've done are immediately after really big excitement. I put a 200 grand Ferrari through News International building there, literally about um, 30 minutes. Like 30? Were you 30 years old or something? Yeah, 30 minutes. Then the paper on that one, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in, the, in the sun. Yeah. Um, I'm in the world. I'm on the world's most expensive crashes website. 105,000 pound repair bill that was. Um, I, my son had just had a hole in one. He was three years old. He's the youngest person uh, living to get a hole in one. I checked. Really? On, yeah, I checked on um, Guinness. Book of World Records. Yeah, that's insane. Um, and I was just, I was just up there. Yeah. So, uh, so I was just driving my car like an idiot, just went straight yeah. through. Because so, this is why you know, really high, happy, clappy, positivity, excitement is very fucking dangerous. Dude, I used to do this, especially with people like our personality. Yeah, where we're I used to do that when I, I didn't speak in an event for like two or three years. Because I'd do that event and then I'd fucking get on it yeah. for like three days. And what, then I'd riding be off the excitement. Like fucking sniffing yeah. and drinking and just going really wild. And then there'd be a massive yeah. come down after I'd disappear for three days at a time. Mm. And it's only the last, probably the last three years that I've managed to get a handle on that. So I totally get it. Yeah. yeah. So the second thing John Demartini said to me is every human being is worthy of love. Mm. And I found that quite um, profound because let's be honest, there's people we look up to. And when we look up to someone... We're pedestalizing them above us. Therefore, we're in, unconsciously, we're saying they're more worthy of yes. love than us. Yes. And let's also be honest. 
there's some people we look down on. Mm-hmm. Oh, they do this, they do that. I don't mm-hmm. like the way they do that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and unconsciously, we're like, they're less worthy of love than yeah. us. And, and if, you, um, if you study, you know, Dr. John, or if you study Adlerian psychology, they will have a horizontal view of humanity. So vertical view of humanity mm-hmm. is um, hierarchy, pecking order, the president's the most important person, the janitor is the least important person. Yes. And all that. Um, but, but I would say a more wise view of humanity is a horizontal view yeah. where, um, you know, you're better at martial arts than me because you've studied it. Yeah. You're not a better person. You're better at martial arts. Yeah, you know, I might yeah, have yeah. done better in certain areas of business because I've been doing it longer and I've honoured it. You could be as good as me in business if you focused on it for 15, 20 years. I could yeah. be as good at you as martial arts if I did train for three hours yeah, a day. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I look at what you've got and I go, you're great at martial arts. You know, you've got a, a great concept for your podcast. Yeah. Um, my podcast is not better. It's different. Yeah. I, just because, you know, you may have more views or I may have more downloads, yep. that doesn't make it better or worse. Yep. And when John Martini said that to me and I really got around my head that every human being was worthy of love, I had to therefore accept that I'm you worthy were. of love yeah. too. And so then I just started, because I think once you realise and feel that you're worthy of love, you start allowing yourself to get it from yourself yes. and then get it from other people as well. Yeah. So what does that look like for you then? Like what's that, that, what's that in... I'm a real fucking practical guy. I'm pretty sure you're pretty practical too. Like, what does that look like? What does that feel like? What, what's that action? Um, well, it's not an action. That, this, is the, uh, this is the paradox of it. It is the opposite of an action. So I have, a cha- I have this conversation with our therapist a lot. Yeah. And, and you know, I said, I love myself. I'm a, I love myself. I'm a good person and I am free. Yeah. I love myself. I'm a good person and I am free. It's a belief then. Yeah. So this, this mantra that yeah. I cut came up with with my therapist. Yeah. So my th- I'll talk to my therapist and then I'll start saying things like, oh yeah, I, um, I, I, I gave uh, someone £3,000 today from yeah. my foundation. Yeah. Or my book just got translated into Japanese or I'm just going to go and do this for this person. Or I did five free one-to-one calls today. Yeah. And she's like, Rob, you don't need to do that to be a good person. You're already a good person. You are a good person. So what she's trying to do is strip back. First thing she stripped back was accolades. Yeah. So just because I've got world records and made tens or hundreds of millions of pounds and, you know, books and podcasts and all of that. Yeah. She's first off, that's not who you are. So then once we stripped all that back, I'm like, oh, fucking hell, that's scary. Yeah. Um, so then I'm, I'm now like, oh, well, what do I do for people? Mm. So there's, you know, I do loads of stuff for my wife now that I never did. I do loads of stuff for my community that I wasn't doing three or four months ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm now going around helping everyone. Yeah. And she's like, Rob, but that's still an action. You're still only valuing yourself when you do things for others. And you have to strip that back as well. I don't have to do anything to be worthy of love. What's the comment there? Look at the comment. Are you asking what the action of self-love is? (laughs) 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 That's that's totally fucked with me. That's totally fucked with me. Dude, I love that. I'm like, where I'm at with that. I haven't got to this level yet. I think I'm the third level down where self-love seems to be an action. I'm trying not to laugh at that again. Self-love seems to be an action of almost... Actually, it's different. I'm at the phase where self-care feels like self-love. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So that must be... Maybe that's a level above. No, no. I I, I think that that's a good way to look at it. On a practical level, um, if you care for yourself, what are you saying that you're doing? You're saying you value yourself enough to put yourself before someone else. Mm. So actually, self-care is a very practical way of of showing self-love. If you're prioritising what's important to you over 
what is prioritized by someone else subordinating onto you, yeah. whether it's a, yeah. a family member or a wife yeah. or a husband or an employer. So you know, if you take time to um, train yeah. and to educate yourself in, in personal development and do your meditation yeah. and eat well, yeah. that's self-care. And those are acts. Because I don't know if anyone studied the love languages, but mm-hmm. it, you know, acts of service mm. are some people's love language. Yes. So that could be a, a, a way that yes. I'm being told are other people's love language. Yes. So you, some some people might need to ha- literally have mantras to themselves. I love myself. I love myself. Now I know for me, being told I'm good at something or I'm successful, essentially being told that I'm loved, yeah. that works. For me, me too. I'm yeah. huge on that. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like going back to the being the centre of attention, being round of applause on a, like the stand innovation off the stage, the the nice comments that you get on here. Actually, John Dr. Demartini, Dr. John Demartini said something amazing to me. He said, as long as you're addicted to praise, you'll get you'll, you'll attract you'll attract all that criticism yeah, and yeah. challenge. Yeah, yeah, because the criticism and challenge is trying to get you off the addiction of praise. Yeah. So when you set a goal, it is wise to think of the challenges that will come. Yeah. See, normally when people goal set, smart goals, you know, specific, measurable, achievable, results yeah. focused, timed. Yeah. They're actually thinking, oh well, what will I have and what will I achieve and where will I be? But they're not thinking. Okay, what um, difficult people will I attract into my life? What challenges and problems? What will break? Yeah. And wisdom is actually... The reality is those, those will probably happen before. Like, those will happen before anything, usually. Mm. Usually yeah. those will happen before you've even fucking started. Yeah. Any, <laughs> any new goal or any new level yeah. you move towards will bring you equal challenge. Yeah. So I think it was it was John that, uh, that he's, John's getting a good freaking picture. He, he, he is. should be he playing is. us. When could we possibly John, get him on the I'm, podcast? I'm going to send this to Clarissa, <laughs> who um, is John's partner. Yeah. Um, not um, business, um, not life partner. Um, yeah, John's getting a good pitch. He is. Um, I he forgot is. what I was going to say, but he's getting a good pitch. Dude, well, you mentioned value straight away and we're being straight on him. So the thing we were talking about was self-care. Oh, that was it. Sorry. Self-care. Sorry. Um, yeah. So um, maximum human growth is on the border of support and challenge. Oh, wow. So my yeah. my old self, negative, critical of myself. Who do you fucking think you are? All successful. Look at you with all your fucking tattoos, driving in your fucking Ferrari. Who the fuck? You know, yeah. even though actually what I really meant was I hate myself. Yes. Um, so I'd, I'd be overly negative. Yes. And then I'd be overly positive. Yes. And then when I'm overly negative, I'm wanting everyone to support me. Mm. Um, but maximum human growth is on the border of support and challenge which means you need support and challenge in equal measure to grow. Yeah. So I don't know if you've noticed this, but when things are going really bad, you'll, you'll, you'll find that people will come and support you. Yeah. And you'll actually find people who really care and it will surprise you. Yeah. And uh, also, when things are going really fucking good, mm. something will come to throw a massive spanner in. Dude, the you know what? I've, I, I actually said this to my wife this week. She was like, why are you even thinking that? I said, things have been going so well recently. Podcast blew up, business going really well. We've got this book deal over the line. Yeah. There's so much going well. I said to my wife, I said, something shit's going to happen. Mm. Well, something shit will already be happening. You're just not seeing it. Yeah. Because. It's one of these comments. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> these like, comments, on, yeah. On, on every, like, people are always asking me about dealing with um, critics, yes. trolls, haters, yes. wankers, punks, you know, whatever words they use. They yeah. use all those words. Yeah. But they have this delusion, this naive fantasy that they can go on social media. Yeah. And um, espouse and be evangelical, evangelical of what they believe in, and that no one should criticise them, yeah. and that no one should give them any feedback, yeah. and that they that they don't they're not going to have any haters, and it's unfair. And why why are people hating on me? And what why don't they just go and mind their own business? Yeah. You cannot have a presence no. on social media without the critics, the trolls, the haters, no. and that because for years it used to upset me if I got overly criticised when people were wrong. 
I, I actually don't really mind being, I don't, yeah, I don't really mind being criticised if you've got a point. Yeah. You know, like, it yeah. kind of does look like a backpack. Yeah. So I'm kind of okay with that. I'm all right with it. I've got fucking 10 of these as well. Um, so, so, like, if, if someone's got a point, I'm kind of all right with yeah. it. But if they've not got a point, oh, it's a fucking lie yeah, or it's defamation, yeah. that, would, that would upset me. And I'm yeah. like, what's the purpose of that? Yeah. But the purpose of that is to give me the lesson I need to stay balanced. Because if you have a point when you criticise me, I'm going to get the lesson and I'm going to kind of see it for how it is. Yeah. But if you really hate on me, that's going to really wake me up to yeah. really get me thinking, fucking hell, I better just um, be careful what I say and do here. Yeah. So critics, trolls, haters, the purpose of them is to keep you in balance, to keep you yeah. from getting too high yes. um, and ahead of yourself and cocky and complacent. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. We get, we and, get and your, fan, your fans and followers, yeah. they, they're great, yeah. but they don't. They don't pull you down yeah. from being. They fuel your complacency, yeah. arrogance, and, yes. and you know, and hubris. Yeah. So, so the purpose of a critic is to keep you balanced. Yeah. We get um, guys coming on and saying, "Oh, my wife's not supporting me. My wife's not. My wife's saying I shouldn't do this." But actually, we were saying before. I'm saying, listen, if you don't get criticism of her, someone's going to give you it anyway. Mm. I mean, you may as well learn from her. Yeah. And have her do it before you've made the decision. Then yeah. when you get online and everyone starts fucking caning you. Yeah. I've got a question that I really need to ask because I know we're running out of time now. Sure. Because Mrs. Moore's... Yeah, I can leave at 5-2. Amazing. All right. So, yeah. so the question that I want to ask was actually um, concerning podcasts because I talked to Nick James about this and he was like, you've gone all in on the podcast thing and I suppose I have. Like, what's the... What's your, what's your thinking behind that? The, you know why I'm saying this? Because I was in Nick's Seven Figure Mastermind last week and all they talked about was your podcast webinar that you did and they were like, oh, it was fucking amazing. The reposition, it was great. You were talking about all these things. Like, what's your, what's your thoughts behind the whole podcast game? I just do it because it's fun. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. That, that's quite an intertwined question. Yeah, it is. So I'll try and do it really quickly. It is, yeah. So, um, what I, do you love about podcasts, first of all? I love meeting new and interesting people. Yeah. And having new and fun and interesting conversations. Yeah. Uh, I knew this one would be a slippery eel kind of, <laughs> kind of com- you know, your slippery eel all covered in Vaseline. Trying yeah. to fucking, and, but I thought this would be fun. And yeah. this would be like if you had to tell people what it was about, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have any fucking, no. like if you had to write an email saying, oh, you should check out this podcast because would be like, yeah, yeah. yeah. That poor so, more talk shit. Well, there you go. Yeah. That's your concept, yeah, it isn't is. it? it yeah, is. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so what do I love about podcasts? I love meeting interesting people. Yeah. I love talking about interesting things. Yeah. Uh, and I love learning from people. Yeah. So um, I believe humility is the ability to learn from everyone yeah. more than to try and project yourself onto them. Yeah. So um, even when people are supposedly interviewing me or even yes. when people are supposedly my students, yeah. I'm still trying to learn from them because I, th- I think you can learn a lot. Yeah, me too. Um, so that's one of the things I love about podcasts, what yeah. you learn, the people you meet, the conversations yeah. you have. Um, I, I love the medium I'm a podcast fan myself. Mm-hmm. I love listening to audio and I actually learn best from audio rather than video or reading. Yeah. So I suppose I'm a podcast fan yeah. through and through. Yeah. So I like that about podcasts. Yeah. I mean, why I started one was because, one, I just retired after writing Life Leverage. Yeah. So I retired. So I've, I'm was that like 41 the- now. I was 36 when I launched that. Yeah. So um, I've retired. Like This is my fifth yeah. time. Yeah. For real this time. <laughs> <laughs> For real this time. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, Adam's just said I love interviewing billionaires. I do. I've almost got this little. Fi- I've interviewed like eleven or twelve billionaires yeah. now, and it's almost like uh, it's not. I'm almost thinking about doing a podcast just on billionaires. Yeah. But 
It's kind of like me with fighters. Four years ago, I'd interviewed one billionaire. Yeah. Um, and now I've got my podcast and I've interviewed a dozen. Yeah. That's what I love about podcasts. Yeah. I, I love the, the friendships you make. So I'm, I've become yeah. really good friends with Kevin Clifton from Strictly Come Dancing. Yeah. Katie Piper, you know, yeah. the, she's a, a lovely lady. Yeah. Um, Katie Hill, who was a presenter of Blue Peters, yeah. got to know me well. I've been helping her with her podcast. I yeah. shout out to all those guys. Jake Wood on EastEnders, we've become really good mates. So like yeah. I have dinner with these guys quite regularly. I yeah. met them all through my podcast. Either them being a fan of mine or me interviewing them and then going on their show. Yeah. I mean, Do you know what that's happened to that's me as well? Awesome. I've got people's numbers. Like Tyson Fury, follow me on Instagram and I've got his number. Yeah. Anthony Crawler, who's a hero of mine, got his number. He's texting me saying, Paul, yeah. the podcast. I'm like, wow. Yeah. So where do you think podcasts are going? Um, well, I think it's one of the youngest forms of media. It's mad, if you it, think man? about um, Facebook and YouTube have been going probably a decade longer. Yeah. Um, it's definitely growing. Um, it's got more growth potential. Mm-hmm. There's only about 600,000 active podcasts from the last time I researched. Yeah. Whereas I think there's 100 million, is it, Facebook pages or 100 wow. million YouTube channels? But like, it's crazy small compared to how many yeah. YouTube channels. Do you know, back in 2014, you know, I had a podcast, I had Gary Vee on and people like that. Yeah. And back then, when I started this one, I was like, holy shit, it's weird way more competitive than it was before mm. like 10x more competitive than them it's but a then shame you didn't keep it going dude it is it is yeah dude it was killing it and and but i was going through some still trouble talking shit. exactly exactly <laughs> but i was struggling then yeah. but max said to me he said what you gotta think about also is that it's way more also way more popular there are probably millions more people yeah. listening to podcasts. Yeah, yeah than, more than compa- But when you say competitive, who are you competing against? You're not competing against anyone. No, I'm a fool. All more talk shit and the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast are not competing with anyone. No. We're just trying to be our own concept. Which I mean, I was trying to be, I did be Fern Cotton, just saying. And then I was catching Joe Wicks, but yeah, he's a, He's a different fucking... Yeah. He's on a different but planet. let's be though. honest about that. For a day, and then you slip down, and then they... <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah, when I dropped those six episodes, yeah. yeah. But yeah, but yeah that, I think that's important to say, though. Um, we're not competing against anyone else, because business can get a bit obsessive like that. Yes. Your books, your podcasts, yes. your, your turnover. Like, if you... A lot of people copy me yeah and I'm, I'm not i'm not copied as much as tony robbins by the way yeah but you know a lot of people do copy me and in the early days that used to piss me off yeah and now i just they're not like, wearing backpack shirts are they? no they're not no well, <laughs> i don't know sometimes i do things actually i'm sure i've seen see nick it. james in one of those dude yeah i bought that for oh him. did he yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, he does like mcqueen now but um yeah. but it used to piss me off i used to think well, why don't you fucking just find your own brand and your own yeah. uniqueness but then you and I, when we started, probably didn't really have a clue about who Nah, we were. nah. And it takes, I mean, I'd argue for a male, you've got to get into at least 40 before you've got any clue about who you are. Yeah, I've got three weeks. Um, I've yeah, got three weeks right, left. There you go. Yeah. So, um, you know, you and I were copying people probably 10 years ago. We were all inspired by someone. So now I see it as respect and I'm grateful when people copy me. And what yeah. I realise is they're just early in their journey of finding out who they are. And the why I spoke, I mean, look, I'm many, I'm many flaws, I'm many failings, and I have many imperfections. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anyone would disagree who follows me. And even if my critics would say, you can't really put me in a box, and I'm not really like anyone else. Yeah. You know, and, but whereas if you'd have seen me 10 years ago, they'd have gone, oh, Rob's a bit like Tony Robbins, or Rob's the American Tim Ferriss, sorry, yeah. the British Tim Ferriss. They used yeah. to say stuff about that me 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. they don't anymore. Yeah. Because I've just got more comfortable in who I am. I've sort of... I'm more, I have more authenticity. Yes. Like, uh, we just agreed yesterday. I'm, oh, dude, we haven't even talked about property at all. No. And that's another thing, developing my brand and moving away 
from something that was really safe. I mean, I made tens of millions of pounds out of property and I got tens of millions of pounds worth of property that I own. Yeah. But I just decided I don't want that to be my brand. So yeah. I'm just going to do a podcast on something else. I'm going to write books on something else. And, yeah. you know, you could argue back then that was a bad move. And that might evolve again, though, eh? You might be, uh, yeah, you might be doing some other crazy shit in a well, few years' time. I think entrepreneurship for me is about evolution. Yeah. And I think if you don't give yourself room to grow, I think you might as well just have a job. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, one day waking up and going, I'm going to do a podcast. And then two years later, I, go, I might do another one. So I have two. I have one called Money. Um, and I've got loads of ideas of things I want to start. Yeah. And like, that's why I am free in the mantra. I love myself. I'm a good person and I am free. Um, because as an entrepreneur, I'm completely free. Uh, you know, I can do what I want. As long as it's legal and as long as I'm not hurting my clients, as long yeah. as it's ethical and moral, it's important. Yeah. But I can do what I want. Yeah. And if I wake up tomorrow and I want to stop my podcast, I can. And if I wake up tomorrow and I want to do a podcast just for billionaires, yes. I can. Yes. And if I want to write three books in one go, I can. Yes. And, and if I want to sit in my new studio listening to vinyl, I can. Yeah. And, and I think that's very liberating. Yeah. One of the reasons I do a podcast is because I think a personal brand is a powerful thing right now. And I guess, you know, you're building your personal brand. Yeah. And, you know, Expert Empire has really helped leverage you on that yeah um so people trust people more than corporations you know you, you trust rob Moore probably more than progressive property or yeah. you trust uh, 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 elon musk m- maybe more than tesla yeah um or spacex yeah um people relate to people and trust people yeah um steve jobs had it nailed because he had a personal brand steve jobs yeah a product brand iphone whatever, in loads of product brands. Yeah. And then, of course, he had the company brand, Apple. Yeah. And I built a company brand, Progressive Property, and that did quite well. Yeah. Um, well, it did really well in its own space. <laughs> I was going to say, quite, um, quite well, yeah, bro, come I'm, on. I, I'm not Amazon. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, it did yeah, well, yeah. but don't get ahead of yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I didn't have a personal brand when I had a property company back then. No one knew who I was. Yeah. And it wasn't an ego play. Yeah. It was just that uh, I want freedom. Because, yeah. like, if I'm doing Progressive Property and one day I decide I don't – I've not told any of my followers this really just because they don't really know me for this. But a few times over the last five years, I have thought about taking ayahuasca and then I haven't. Um, so you know that hallucinogenic. Did you have that like, a little giggle from back there? Oh, right. Did you not hear that? There was a little giggle came from back there. Right. I don't know who that was. Right. So we'll come to that. <laughs> but like a few times I've thought, you know what? I quite like the idea of having that experience of taking ay- ayahuasca yes. in a controlled environment with a good shaman. Yes. For you know, for my own self discovery. Yeah. But if if I'm pro- if 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 I am the owner of Progressive Property, ah, oh, Progressive Property owner takes ayahuasca. That's actually not good for the brand of the company. Yeah. Whereas if I have my own personal brand, you can do what you I want. Can do what I want. Yeah. I've I've also thought once or twice about just getting pissed on a podcast and just seeing where it goes. <laughs> I had this conversation um, on Wednesday. I had the same conversation with the podcast guest yeah. in London. Yeah. But and when you've got a personal brand, you can do that. And people who follow you, they follow you. Well, what I've already like, realised, dude, you'll only need one pint. Well, there you go. We could do it now. It's, I actually, you, I'm, you're probably going to like judge me now and not really think I'm a man. I don't drink pints. I drink cocktails. I know. I, know. I have another little kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, what is that passion fruit cocktail we have? Like, <laughs> Harry. Pistol punch. Really? A passion fruit cocktail. Wow. I, I, it gets me really pissed. That's really. a new headline. Rob yeah. Moore drinks pistol punch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've, Rides dicks and drinks pistol punch. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Wow. Yeah, so I, I think I start a podcast because 
I wanted to develop my personal brand. Yeah. I think it's a big key play in your personal brand. Yeah. With a YouTube, I have a YouTube channel. I have a Facebook page. I do all of the stuff, yeah. by the way. Yeah. So it's just one of the things that I do. Yeah. Also, freedom. So on your podcast, you can say and do whatever you want. And there's not many places on this planet where you can say and do whatever you want. You can't really say and do whatever you want on Facebook. No, nah, no. Nah. You're going to get ripped or you're going to get censored by yes. um, something. Yes. On your podcast, again, I think that the key rules are, is it moral? Is it ethical? Is it legal? Yeah. And would you want someone saying that about you? So like, I try and use those rules: yeah, moral, ethical, yeah, yeah. legal. And would you want them saying? Let's that about not talk you? shit. Let's not talk exactly. shit about people. Well, you've got a, you've got a podcast called Talk Shit. Yeah. So you can get away with it because it's on brand. Yeah. And also, you haven't talked shit about anyone on this no, podcast no. until they've trolled you. <laughs> so you're, you're doing it as a comeback. So for yeah. me, I think that's okay. Yeah. My 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 um concept is a bit different. So you people would expect it of you, and you can get away with it. Yeah. But for me, if I wouldn't want them doing it to me. I'm not going to do it to them. Yes. That, I'm trying to live by that yes. code. And yes. I'm an imperfect human being. That's I hard. Mistakes that's hard. And everyone's imperfect. And that's okay. Yeah. And forgiving yourself and forgiving others is important. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, I fucking love doing podcasts. It's also really therapeutic. Like, I'll go home now and I'll, like, I'll have a... This will kickstart me and have a, a brilliant conversation with my wife. Yes. And my brain will be on fire. And yes. I'll probably have an idea for a couple of my own podcasts. Yes. And I'll remind myself of some shit I learned 15 years ago. Yeah. Hopefully you'll be buzzing when you get on the train back. Yeah. So... I feel like I could fly home right now. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. I could yeah. fly home. I love it. And by the way, just I know I sort of said thank you, but you travel three hours to get here. I'm really grateful for that. Hey, my pleasure. That's, that's My pleasure. That's sir. awesome. I've had, mate... What a great way to end. Yeah. Thank you so much. I've had right. a blast. Are we done, are we? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not sure what we're doing here because we've got your audience, but we're recording my podcast. So well, let's do a shout out for both shows then. So um, you guys are listening to Paul Moore Talk Shit on iTunes, on, it's not even called that anymore, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, watching a YouTube channel. Um, thank you so much. Don't forget to head on over to Rob Moore's page where we're also live and check out Rob Moore's podcast, The Disruptive Entrepreneur and Money. And I don't know what you're supposed to say now. No, you said it. That's it. By the way, yeah. one month before we go, we've got a picture. Who the fuck's that guy on there? That's me. That's not you, that's bro. That's me. Look. That's me. Oh, it is you. Oh, look, you look double handsome on there. I love that. Oh, but I don't now. No. <laughs> it doesn't look like you, that. Yeah, love that's it. me. It's because I've got no hair, I suppose. That's why it is. You grew the hair out and yeah. got a lot of beer. Posing. Yeah, that is a super. That's yeah. your, that's your um, blue steel. Yeah. That's a blue steel. Hey, guys, thank you so much Thanks for tuning everyone. in. Have a blast. Thank you.